What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the DFS Dose Podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover. Today, I am joined by Joey Carrion, and we are here to break down this two-game championship weekend of the NFL season, week 20, call it what you will, but we've got two great games on tap, or one great game and then one, uh, you know, decent game, I guess you could say, with the second game, but... um. Yeah, we're going to go in-depth on each of these games and then close out the show with a little bit of uh, talk in terms of lineup construction, maybe build a lineup and uh, give some of our GPP thoughts uh, as leverage is going to be extremely important with only four teams worth of players to choose from. So uh, we will get into all of that shortly. But before we do, Joey, do you want to tell the people how they can support the podcast? You can support the podcast by following us on Twitter at the DFS Dose. That's where all of our content gets posted to, and that is the best way to find out uh, what we're doing for the for the specific week. And then, as always, we're on YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. That's where we are on at the DFS Dose. So go ahead, like share subscribe on youtube you could subscribe on itunes as well and then you know just uh leave a rating you know leave leave some feedback for us you know if if we're doing a good job if we made you some money just uh let us know it helps us out a lot and that is the best way to support us yeah and you know if you want to throw some hate our way as well that's cool too i definitely caught some flack <laughs> for uh my, my fading derrick henry takes and Honestly, they were well-deserved, um, and I can tell you that I will not have that take this week. In fact, let's get right into it. The first game, and personally, I'm just going to say this. I think this is the best remaining NFL game of the season. Uh, no matter what the Super Bowl ends up, I think that this AFC Championship game is the best game uh, that we're going to have for the rest of this season. It's going to be the Titans traveling to Arrowhead currently the total is sitting at 53 it has been bet up since open at 51 and the Chiefs are seven and a half point favorites after their complete and utter domination of the Texans last week so what are your first uh, initial thoughts on this game Joe? my my initial thoughts are the big dog Derrick Henry yeah. he's 8.7k oh, yeah. the most expensive player on this slate and deservedly so um, he's just been an absolute monster. Three straight games with over 180 rushing yards. 195 rushing yards last week against the Ravens. Threw for a touchdown as well. You know, he hit 29 points. I'm kind of disappointed that he didn't get a rushing touchdown last week, but kind of salvaged with that passing one. Um, but I think he's a, I think he's the best play on the on the board this week. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, 8,700, the Chiefs. I mean, there's really not a team I don't think in the NFL that can stop this man. He's just an athletic freak. He's a he's a complete beast. He's the big dog, and you know he's got that he's got that ferocious uh, mentality. He's going to come out there, and the Titans are going to ride him all the way till uh, the Super Bowl, in my opinion. But um, yeah, the the question I think, and we'll get into it as we talk lineup construction a little bit later, is whether or not you prioritize him over. The high price wide receivers, Adams and Tyreek, whether or not you try and jam all three in and where the value in this slate lies. So in terms of this game, uh, what, stick, uh, what sticks out to you in like terms of value? Are there any pump plays that are going to allow us to jam these studs like Henry, like uh, like Tyreek in? Yeah, so 
definitely the Chiefs ancillary wide receivers are in play. You know, as punt plays. Sammy Watkins is 4.6K. Only saw two targets last week, though, in a game where the Chiefs scored 51 points and they were down 24 really quick. And then uh, McCole Hardman is 3.8K, so I like him a lot. Um, saw four targets, so a little bit more than Sammy, but he only played 10 snaps. Uh, so that's not really encouraging. And then Demarcus Robinson is, is pretty cheap, but he had a he had a couple of drops last week, so it looks like he's uh, he's out of the game. Yeah, he's out of play. <clears throat> I think it I, I think it sets up well, honestly, for Hardman. I mean, you know, prior to Week Eleven, it's the first time he's had four targets in a game, uh, at least in this last handful. You know, uh, Robinson had drops. Hardman had an explosive return in the kicking game, which uh, is sure to get him some playing time. And Sammy Watkins, uh, you know, had three touches in the game. Hardman even, you know, out-targeted him. And, you know, for the price discount, 3.8K, he's 800 less than Sammy Watkins. He's going to come in uh, at a fraction of the ownership, and it really only takes a touchdown when you're that cheap. And, you know, we desperately need leverage on this slate. You know, there's not too many ways you can get different on a slate like this with only two games to choose from so i think that you know hardman is going to be one of my uh core gpp plays this week yeah i definitely i like hardman a lot this week especially if he can step into that wide receiver three role for the chiefs and like you said he's really cheap and he he, he's shaping up to be great value but it's kind of hard to trust him and Watkins as you know they they haven't really been consistent the entire year Tyreek is obviously over 7K, 7.2K. And it's just crazy that he only had six points last week in a game, you know, where the Chiefs scored 51 points and they were down by 24. He only ended up with six points, which was nuts. You know, Kelsey took all the work. But I think uh, Tyreek is a better play than Kelsey, in my opinion, for a hundred more. They gave Kelsey a nice little salary bump. Yeah, uh, a pretty decent one. He is also over 7K this week. And, you know, with Tyreek, I mean, it's just it's just flat out crazy that he had the same amount of targets as Demarcus Robinson and Nicole Hardman. You know, that he had four targets as well. And, you know, we're paying a premium for Tyreek Hill's explosiveness, but I think we saw last week that just being part of this offense, uh, you know, gives you a certain amount of exposure to the explosiveness that, you know, comes with catching passes from Patrick Mahomes. But... You know, obviously Tyreek is the guy, if I'm not mistaken, his top game of the season, uh, 36 draftings points, 19 targets, came in a matchup against uh, the mm-hmm. Tennessee Titans in the game where uh, the Chiefs actually lost, put up 32 points in that spot as well. And, you know, I don't know if we're going to uh, be projecting Tyreek for 19 targets, but I don't think he needs 19 targets to get over 30-plus on DraftKings. Uh, despite not hitting it at the frequency that he did in uh, previous years. Even still, Tyreek in this spot, we just saw Hollywood Brown have a uh, a monster game against these Titans corners. I do like uh, Tyreek Hill. And uh, just getting ahead to the next game, which we'll talk about in a minute, how do you think Tyreek compares to Adams? I think Adams is a clear-cut fade. Um, you know, Sherman's been playing really well, and I think he'll match up with him with a decent amount of um, obviously, he won't travel into the slot with Adams, so that sh- should be a matchup <laughs> that Adams can exploit. But I think Tyreek, just for his 700 uh, price discount off Adams, um, you know, he's in a better offense, in my opinion. I think he's 
you know, he's a little bit more explosive in my opinion. And he has a great ceiling. So I would definitely play Tyreek Hill, but he's going to be one of the highest owned wide receivers on the slate. And then uh just want to say Patrick Mahomes is obviously the best quarterback play on the board. He's 7.7K. But I, I like stacking as many Chiefs as you can. I think this is a good spot for them. And they're at home. Seven-point favorites. Um, the betters, the pro betters are liking the Titans. Plus seven, though. So that's something to, to take caution of. But I think this is a spot where Mahomes can reach a ceiling against a defense that really doesn't get any pressure. They're kind of banged up banged up in the secondary, although they've got some players back over the last couple weeks. I think uh, Mahomes has a has a great game. You know, it's it is Mahomes though, so that's not really saying much. Yeah. And then circling back to, you know, the two guys who really made it for the Chiefs last week in Kelsey and Damian Williams. Um, you know, both are Pretty close in price. Damien is uh, 7K even, whereas Kelsey is 7.1K. And, you know, we attacked uh, the tight end position against Tennessee last week with Mark Andrews, although he didn't get there. They do give up a lot of receptions to tight ends. And even though Kelsey appeared to be banged up towards the second half of that game last week, he still managed to get 10 receptions on 12 targets over 100 yards and three touchdowns. Even if he doesn't get the touchdowns, he's on his way to a massive game. And, and just the way that the Titans play zone, it sets up really well for players like Kelsey and players like Damian Williams who are going to get out there in space and, and get work. So, um, you know, how do you feel about these two guys? And, uh, you know, are you prioritizing either of them over Tyreek or is it all Tyreek? Um, I mean, they're all so close in price. Obviously, they're 7K to 7.2. And like you said, Kelsey has a great matchup this week. The Titans were the fourth worst defense against tight ends in the regular season. So he has a great matchup. Um, I love Damian. Uh, it's just hard. If I had to, if I had to choose for talking strictly tournaments, I, I think playing Damian is, is the right move for, for large field tournaments. At a flat 7K, he gets passing game work. He gets red zone work. He played what like 97 percent of the snaps last week or something outrageous yep. like that so they're not they're not playing mccoy they're not playing uh what's his face um can't bl- darwin. yeah darwin blank blanked on his name a little bit um yeah they're not playing either of those guys so it's all damien and i i love damien this week um and then kelsey or or hill i mean that's that's tough because kelsey's great but I don't know. I, I think it. I think this is Hill Week if I had to pick. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not like uh, the DFS of old where people would just play the guy last week, and that was a simple way of leverage. I think that you know people are aware these days that Tyreek uh, is equally likely to hit his ceiling. I think as as Kelsey is. So I'm not sure what the ownership split is going to be between those two guys, but I would expect them both to be you know pretty massively owned. And you know, in terms of Damien, the one thing I think is worth noting is that he is running incredibly hot when it comes to his touchdowns right now. I mean, he has 30 touches over the last two games. You know, that is as many as Derrick Henry has in each one of his last three games. Meanwhile, Damien has five touchdowns. You know, half of the touchdowns he's scored on the season came in the last two weeks. Now, granted, his role is obviously very impressive and it, you know, comes attached to a receiving role with Mahomes. So I don't know. I mean, I think it could go both ways, though, and I think there is merit to fading Damian in tournaments if you say, uh, you know, you want to play Derrick Henry 
and you want to play maybe a 49ers running back and then just focus on, you know, the Chiefs pass catching options there. You know, a couple long touchdowns from Tyreek means less uh, goal line work for Damian, which is where he did most of his damage last week. So, you know, I think that there are some like game theory reasons to be off of Damian, but, you know, uh, that's really it. It's going to be game theory and trying to find leverage in different ways because he is a, a great play, no matter how you slice it. Yeah, I mean, there's a, I think there's always merit to fading uh, high-priced running backs or high play, high-priced players in general. Um, I don't know if I would feel comfortable fading Derrick Henry, though. Um, he's just no. been running incredibly hot. The Titans are running uh, 70% of the time, which is crazy ungodly yeah um especially in a passing league we'll see if they'll be able to keep that up against the chiefs like you talked about just game theory and what you think is going to happen in these games is honestly the biggest factor with building uh lineups especially on a two-game slate and i know you i know you just brought up uh last week but i mean it was just, just real quick it was just so tilting to to see in the first game of the slate if you didn't have Tevin Coleman you weren't you weren't banking anything yeah, which was annoying yeah. um <clears throat> but we could talk about all that with the Niners game but yeah so Derrick Henry Damian Williams I love them and then just to talk about Titans wide receivers for you know a minute or two I think I'm probably on the fade AJ Brown and Corey Davis side of things they they should catch some ownership mm-hmm. And I am on a team Fatum. I, I don't think the Titans are going to throw a lot. I think they're just going to continue to run the ball with Derrick Henry and mitigate Tannehill in the playoffs. Um, he hasn't gone over, what, 140 yards combined throwing, or 160 yards combined throwing over the last two weeks. Um, has only attempted 29 total uh, passing attempts in the, in the two playoff games that they've played. So... I'm on uh, Team Fade, the Titans, wide receivers, and Tannehill. But I do like Jonu Smith at 3.4K because the Chiefs have also been kind of bad against tight ends. And um, he did score a touchdown last week, so that's also encouraging. Only three targets, though. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I, I would like to come in on the opposite side of that and say that Ryan Tannehill is my uh, favorite quarterback four GPPs on the slate. I think that you're getting just, you know, incredible savings over 2K discount to come down, uh, come down off Mahomes. And while they don't correlate well, I don't have any problem with constructing a GPP lineup where you play Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry in the same lineup and you just absorb all of the touchdowns from the Titans because I don't see this being a game where they can successfully play keep away from Mahomes. I mean, we just see that, you know, the, they only need you know, three, four, five plays a drive to march down the field in terms of the Chiefs. So, you know, I think that no matter what the game script ends up being, if they're ahead, you have Henry going off. If they're behind, then you have Tannehill going off. Um, either way, I think this game is going to be close, and I don't see the Titans uh, folding in this spot. They've gone toe-to-toe with two of the best teams in the league and the Patriots and the Ravens over the past two weeks, and I would expect them to do it again. And just for the savings you're getting and the and the ceiling you're getting, you know, Despite the lack of attempts, you know, Tannehill hasn't had over 30 attempts since week 15. He's got double-digit touchdowns in, you know, every game but one since week 10. And if that becomes, you know, three touchdowns, four touchdowns in a pass-heavy game script like Vegas is predicting it to be, um, I mean, I'm all about it. And A.J. Brown, his price is finally 
become affordable. You know, I mean, he was 7K in week 16. Uh, same thing in 17, up to 7.4 only two weeks ago uh, against New England. And now he's all the way down to 5.2. It's exactly the right time to be on A.J. Brown, I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't hate him this week. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't. He'll hate, be chalky. Yeah, he'll, he'll definitely be chalky, chalky. Probably one of the highest owned players on the slate. And I don't know, I just, I just, it's, I think it's just hard for me to play the Titans wide receivers when you know they're going to run, you know, two thirds of the time. Um, and you know, Tannehill is only going to drop back thirty percent of the Titans plays which uh, obviously hurts his ceiling and A.J. Brown and Corey Davis's ceiling as well. So, and I don't know. It's been true all year, though, hasn't it? And, and we've seen ceiling games oh, yeah. multiple times from, from A.J. Brown. Yeah, but not when Tannehill's throwing the ball 15 times. Fair enough, but uh, I don't know. I think that that worked against teams like New England and Baltimore who were also – you know, run heavy in their philosophy. Obviously, you know, Baltimore wasn't very run heavy last week. I think Lamar had a career high in pass attempts, like something over 50. Yeah, Lamar Jackson. Okay. <laughs> 8,400 last week. I, I hate to do this. 8,400. This man, if we're counting, you know, throw, like, passing, if we're counting those as touches, he had 79 total touches, 59 pass attempts, 20 rushing attempts, by far the most that any player has ever had in NFL history, and he scored 36 points. Tough. It's a tough scene. The, tough the game scripts last weekend were out of control, and if you if yeah, you were on the right side of them, then congrats because you probably made a lot of money. Yeah, that is, uh, that's <clears> true, and that's just about, I think, everything we've got on this game. Uh, besides A.J. Brown, I'm, I'm totally down with fading Corey Davis. Um, he's a scrub completely. <laughs> fade, fade Davis. I don't have any confidence in playing, you know, Tajay Sharp or Adam Humphreys if he does come back. Uh, although he has min price, I would be down to, I guess, consider Humphreys. I think he's a talented player. He's just super underutilized, like we were talking about Tannehill's attempts. Um, and I do think if you're playing something like the Millie Maker or one of these massive field GPPs, I like getting off of Janu and playing one of the other tight ends who are getting, you know, pretty equal work you know and they've gotten touchdowns if you want to play Ferkser for 2.5k and just hope that you get a touchdown at one percent just to differentiate yourself and jam some of these other studs in you know it's not optimal but it is uh it's different and it's a way to get different on a slate that that's going to be pretty difficult so that's my closing notes on this game uh you got anything else no i you know i'm not comfortable with doing that but i can definitely see the process behind it so I, i like that but Personally, I can never pull the trigger on that. Um, but yeah, yeah, nah, no, I think scary. I think we can uh, move on to this Packers Niners uh, game. All right, moving on to the NFC Championship game, we have the 49ers hosting the Packers. Uh, this is a 46 and a half point total as of right now. Uh, like the last game, it has been bet up since open. It opened at 45, so that's a 1.5 point rise. Titan, uh, I'm sorry, not Titans. Uh, 49ers are seven point favorites. So both of these games have pretty significant spreads over a touchdown in each. And uh, yeah, I mean, this game does not set up so well, in my opinion. I don't think that, um, you know, there's going to be 
a crazy amount of passing in this game. I think it's going to be a run-heavy game script from the 49ers, and I don't see the Packers, especially their offensive line, really being able to hold up against the pressure that the 49ers are going to get. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on this game? Yeah, I think the Packers are going to get absolutely smoked in this game. Um, the Niners are just playing really well right now. They're at home. They already demolished the Packers this season. Obviously, that was back in Week 12 when they won 37-8 to in San Fran. So, you know, eight weeks since then. But kind of the, the Niners have gotten healthier. Um, the Packers have relatively been a healthy team as well so far this year. And I, I just expect the Niners just to come out and, and just absolutely demolish the Packers just take the will out of Aaron Rodgers and uh, and Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. So I'm on team fade the Packers this week. Um, I like it. Aaron Jones is is uh, it's tough to fade him. He's six point seven k. He's uh, seen a good amount of touches over the last four weeks. You know, saw touches of 22, 22, 13, and twenty five over the last four games, even with Jamal Williams um, being healthy for the last couple of games. So I don't I don't mind Aaron Jones, but the Niners' defense has just been really tough against uh, opposing running backs. And D. Ford, when he's on the field, the Niners' defense uh, increases. Like, their, their efficient, efficiency increases tremendously, so... Yeah, their, their sack rate uh, almost triples, not quite, but damn near triples with D Ford on the field. So, you know, that is going to be uh, creating problems for Aaron Rodgers all day. They're also extremely good when it comes to limiting pass catching running backs, which, you know, Aaron Jones, we talked about it a ton last week, is, you know, inc- incredibly wide range when it comes to whether or not he's going to get the passing game role. But even if he does in this spot, I think the 49ers set up well to limit him in that way. Same thing with Jamal Williams. If you expect him to get a little bit more work another week healthy, but he only touched the ball Mm -hmm. uh, twice last week in his first game back from injury. So, you know, that's a shaky play. Aaron Jones, I think, is a significantly worse play than Damian Williams, and there's only a $300 difference between the two. So, um, you know, I don't know what the ownership difference is going to be, whether or not that leverage is worth taking such like a negative EV (coughs) 1v1 there, but... Yeah, I I don't see myself playing much of Aaron Jones or much of really any Packer except, of course, Devontae Adams. And and I know that you touched briefly on uh, the Richard Sherman matchup. Um, You know, that's fine and all, but uh, I don't know. Devontae Adams is just a different beast. And, you know, he's got an incredible number of targets, uh, just super consistent. Uh, Besides one game since week four he's had double digit targets or more i mean he's just getting an unreal amount of targets and the way that his route running is his connection with rogers i don't know if there's really any solution uh in terms of coverage for Devonte adams yeah Devonte is really good and he's definitely just a complete one-off play for me um he's mm-hmm. the only player that i will probably have shares of on the packers and, you know, 7.9K, you're going to get 10-plus targets out of him, and you just got to hope that he can uh, reach the end zone or, you know, get the 100-yard bonus. So, but it is, a, it is a tough matchup. The Packers aren't projecting really well in this spot. So it's definitely... Yeah, lowest total. Yeah, lowest total out of all four teams at, what, 19 points or 18, yeah. 18.75 points. So it's definitely... 
uh, it's definitely, I don't know, it's, it's tough to play the Packers this week, in my opinion, but Devontae Adams is always in play in tournaments, especially, so I, lo- I love Devontae for the Packers, but that's about it. Yeah, and, um, you know, I, I could be talked into large field GPPs trying to go back to Alan Lazard, who, no. you know, had no, zero no, no. targets in his last game, but, hey, he was hurt, right? He got hurt in that game. And, you know, prior to that, in week 16 and 17, had nine targets and eight targets at 4,400. If you're getting, you know, eight to nine targets, that would be valuable yeah. on a slate like this. I, I, will, I will say, if you think the Niners are going to cruise in this game, then um, some of the Packers receiving options are going to be in play. So, you know, I think uh, Devontae Adams is is king. And then, I mean, you could have shares of Lazard at 4.4, but wouldn't be too heavy on him. Yeah, uh, definitely agree with that. I was way too heavy on uh, Lazard last week. That definitely burns some of my more, you know, equitable teams and GPPs, but that's fine. Uh, transitioning to the team with some much better plays on it, I think, are the 49ers. And, you know, if you can figure out this 49ers run game with confidence going into the game, I think you're going to have a really profitable week. Because, you know, we've got a pretty uh, decent sample size coming into last week that Raheem Mostert was the guy. And then all of a sudden, you know, I was busy during this game, couldn't watch it. I look down and I see Tevin Coleman has over 100 yards and two touchdowns and completely broke the slate in the first game. Um, so you annoying, know, real, bro. Real tough scene. Real tough scene to just know that you're dead uh, right away with three games to play over two days. It's yeah. like, oh, man. Especially but, when um, you're, you know, like me, just trying to bink the Millie. I said I was going to win it this season. It's not looking too fruitful at this point. So mm-hmm. that was tough when – you're watching the first game and your Millie lineups are, are dead because you don't have the 3.8K running back that went off for 25 points because the Niners just run a, you know, running back by committee and whoever's playing well, you know, gets the ball. And he had 22 attempts last week. That was his combined total for, you know, the last six games that he played before that or the last five games combined um in a playoff game last week so chalk it up chalk it up yeah and uh just in like terms of buying and selling like if we're looking at these you know plays like that you know tevin coleman it is not time to buy after he has you know his biggest game in what you said six weeks and and gets his price raised up by 2200 and then we have Raheem Mostert who's been the lead dog in this three back committee his price gets dropped 1500 I mean it's pretty obvious I think which direction you go uh and that would be with Mostert right for 4300 people are going to you know have recency bias I think I mean I know it's not the DFS of old but still uh you know people will probably have recency bias and try and chase Devin Coleman and I think that the easy pivot is just you know, roll Mostert again. No, that, no, cool no, that. no, no, no. The oh, way to go no. is play Matthew Breda. No. Yes, that that's how it's shaping up to be in DFS in twenty oh. in twenty twenty. Just pick the cheapest running back on this committee and hope for the best. So you heard it here first. Matt Breda in tournaments. He's gonna go for twenty five points. Book it. 
You know, the, mo- the most tilting thing about that is that we mentioned that on the podcast, too. I specifically remember we were like, you know, what what about maybe one of uh, Breida or Coleman? Uh, you know, they both have 30 point games in their in their game log in this season. We, we both agreed. We're like, no, that's way too thin. No, that, that was in fact the move. So, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it is. Time to pivot over to Matt Breida. The problem is, is that, you know, he has never really been uh, the lead dog uh, in the Shanahan run game. It's always been either Coleman or Mostert flip-flopping between the two. And then, you know, uh, you know, Breida works in, even though he is talented uh, for sure. Just, I don't see him, you know, I don't think there's anywhere in his range of outcomes where he leads this backfield and touches. Yeah. I mean... It's def- definitely kind of just trolling right there because Matt Breda, you know, don't listen to me. Don't play him. It's definitely going no, to be. I mean, I, I like the theory. I like I mean, the theory of it. <laughs> I think Mostert's the best play on the Niners. I just hate playing, you know, running back by committees. But it's kind of hard when, you know, Mostert will probably see 10-plus touches at 4.3K and Hopefully he can resume his goal line duties again. I know Tevin Coleman took it over last week, which was truly unfortunate. But hopefully um, they they give Mostert those carries. But other than that, I think the Niners running back situation is definitely, uh, you know, I'm probably going to avoid it for the most part just because I just hate playing running backs by committee. But you're probably going to need one of them to, to win a large field tournament. Yeah, um, and I, I like Mostert quite a bit, um, depending on his ownership, I guess. I haven't really seen projections up to this point. But um, looking at the 49ers' pass catchers, right? So we've got Debo Samuel as the most expensive. Uh, well, no, let me, let me start that again. George Kittle is the most expensive option, but he is all the way down to 5,800. And I think that he is a, a you know pristine value on the slate. At 5,800, you know, he's a player with 30-point upside, and... You know, people might be off it after he burned last week, only had three receptions on five targets, put up under five DK points. But it was his first game uh, since week 13 with under, you know, seven targets in a game. I would expect a little bit more uh, regression in his favor to have a bigger role in this passing attack against the Packers. And I don't know, uh, you know, too tight end. I know that it isn't really, uh, you know, optimal. But on slates like this, I think it will differentiate. Last week it was pretty popular. And it won. I think... Uh, it did win, right? Won the Millie, Hayden Hurst, and Travis Kelsey. Right. So, I mean, do you think that's enough to get people on uh, the two tight end bandwagon? I doubt it, personally, but maybe because Kelsey and Kittle are both on the slate. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't think two tight ends will be popular this week, just for the reason that Kelsey's seven point one k now. So it'll be kind of hard to play both of them together in a, in a solid lineup. I I think so. Uh, I don't mind Janu and Kittle, though. Yeah, I like that combo. Um, Kittle's definitely going to be the highest-owned tight end on this slate, 100%, if I had to if I had to pick a tight end. Um, 5.8K, under 6K, had a great game against the Packers last time they played, so people are going to look at that. And he's, just, he's yeah. just a great play all around. So, obviously, play George Kittle this week. Um, you know, and... and I just want to say, if you're playing multiple tournaments, which everybody should be doing, you should be making different lineups in, in each of your tournaments to give yourself the max exposure, um, in my opinion. That being said, it's 
Debo or Sanders? Which one? For me, it's going to be. I, I think you're going to I think you're going to need one of them. I think one of them is going to snap against the Packers. So Sanders. I I think it's Sanders, and and look, you know, Debo is younger. Uh, he's got a much better future in this league. He might be more talented at this current point in their careers. But, uh, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, the type of player he is, I think he profiles similarly to some of the guys that have, you know, smashed the Packers in recent weeks. You look at, you know, guys like uh, Steph Diggs, like Tyler Lockett. Um, I don't know. I think that Emmanuel Sanders will have an opportunity to get deep down the field. And, you know, he's shown to have had a higher ceiling uh, than Debo this year. Debo has one pretty high ceiling game of about 27 points, but, you know, Sanders has uh, three games above 27, including a game with 37 points. Uh, and that was after the trade. Uh, that was with Jimmy G against the Saints. And only a couple weeks ago, in week 14. So, um, you know, I think Emmanuel Sanders, uh, he probably doesn't have too much left in the tank, but, you know, sometimes these great older wide receivers have you know, a chance to just go beast mode in the playoffs. And uh, I could see it happening with Emmanuel Sanders for 4.9K and what I would expect to be pretty low ownership. Yeah, I think I think he's going to be lower owned than, you know, some of the guys above him like Tyreek, Devontae, um, A.J. Brown as well. So I don't mind I don't mind Sanders and I don't mind uh, Debo either. If I had to choose, um, like I said last week, I'd rather play Debo. But I think Sanders is a good play this week um i i just don't know he hasn't been consistent enough for me personally and i don't know if i would feel comfortable playing him um, in tournaments but he definitely has a better ceiling than debo in my opinion too so yeah and, and that's all i'm really looking for you know on a week like this i, I mean it's kind of all or nothing i think mm-hmm. you know it's like they're either going to you know win me this gbp or not so much and uh you know i'm fine with that if, if these lineups bust uh, as long as i'm giving myself an opportunity to finish top 10 yeah. finish top top one in one of these gpps yeah exactly so you know i'll definitely have sanders exposure and I, i'll probably you know be heavier on it uh than, than Debo significantly maybe just take a full stand but um yeah, I don't think there's really much in terms of any, like, full-blown punt plays. I'm not playing, you know, Allison or MVS or Kumaro or Kendrick Bourne. No, I don't think is really they, worth consideration. No. Um, Kendrick Bourne is just a, you know, dart throw, touchdown, punt play. So I wouldn't really consider yeah. him. Other than that, yeah, there's there's nobody else I'd really consider from this game. Um, I mean, we didn't really touch on Rodgers or Garoppolo that much. I think they're in consideration Garoppolo's 5.2 uh he's the yeah. cheapest quarterback on this slate obviously Mahomes is going to be the highest on that's that's you know obvious um so you can definitely get some leverage by playing one of these other quarterbacks whether it be Rodgers Tannehill or Garoppolo Rodgers is 6.1k projected to be the lowest owned quarterback and if you you know if you're a believer in you know defense doesn't matter Rodgers 6.1k has you know he has a 40 point game upside 30 point game upside i don't know he might he might be in play Uh, i mean you know i think that i i firmly represent defense doesn't matter on this podcast for the most part but you know i think rogers being washed matters and uh you know his 
his yards per attempt is almost two full yards lower on the road. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a different story going to San Francisco versus being at Lambeau Field playing a super depleted Seahawks team last weekend, even in a spot like that, which was, you know, set up really well for him in a spot where, you know, Devontae Adams basically had 160 yards, two touchdowns, almost 40 points on DraftKings. Aaron Rodgers still only put up 19 points on DK. So I, I don't see him performing any better than that in this spot. And you can't play everyone. I like all uh, all three quarterbacks more than Aaron Rodgers this week. I, I will have zero exposure. I, I could just say that. Right <laughs> I mean, yeah, me too. I'll, I probably won't play Rodgers. <laughs> so I was just saying, yeah. you know, for the for the bros out there, the yeah. defense doesn't if, if matter. You're real si- if you're a real sick fish out there, maybe you'll get uh, mm. get some Rodgers exposure. But um, yeah, that, couldn't, couldn't be me. I completely agree. And, uh, you know, we didn't talk, we didn't talk about defense, uh, at all. You know, 49ers is my top defense. I would imagine that they're going to be the chalkiest defense. Um, what do you, what do you think about defense here? Yeah, I think Niners are an easy plug and play at home. Uh, favorite, obviously 2.9 K. So a very favorable price for a great defense. So definitely the Niners. Um, but obviously, defense has the widest range of outcomes for basically any position. So you can't go wrong with punting with the Titans at 2,000 if it fits your build. I know the Texans' defense last Sunday were was a winner for the two-game slate. Um, they ended up getting seven points because they you know, got that uh, block punt for a touchdown. So you can never go wrong with paying down at defense in my opinion just a bad spot for the titans defense packers defense isn't too good but they i don't know they kind of played well against the seahawks so i wouldn't mind playing them you know but is uh is it area smith hurt or or not i I honestly remember reading something about that i honestly could not tell you so i mean that that would be a huge blow for them he's just been unreal in terms of uh you know, pass rush, but no, it looks like he'll be there. So scratch that. But, um, yeah, uh, if I'm not playing 49ers, I'm playing Titans because, you know, the, uh, 900 savings getting that min price 2k defense, I think will help. And yeah, like you said, it's not a great spot, but you know, this same defense went into Baltimore, you know, and, uh, you know, shut the Ravens down essentially to 12 points, which is, you know, their lowest output of the season. And, you know, did so, put up 14 points on DK, had four sacks in that game. Uh, you know, they put up 14 points against New England, and, you know, they had uh, pretty respectable 11 DK points against the Chiefs in the same matchup uh, at the same exact price tag of 2K. So I think that it's pretty much uh, 49ers and Titans in terms of uh, DST on this slate. Yeah, I agree. Titans are Titans are Niners. Yeah, and... uh yeah, pretty proud of us. We just put in almost forty minutes of uh, an analysis on two games. That's uh, it's good stuff right there. Do you want to do a little bit of a lineup construction talk before we finish this up? Yeah, we can. We can build a nice lineup for for the All right. for the viewers out let's there. Let's uh, let's do it. All right, so we've got DraftKings open here. Uh, Joey, I will let you do the honors. Plug your favorite play in there. Start us off. You know, you want to kick us off with a stack. You know, whatever you want to (laughs) do. Let's see it. Let's see what you got. All right, so this is for the millionaire maker. This is what we're building this lineup for. We're probably... Large field. Large field tournament. We're not selling this lineup. You know, if 
no. whatever. We're just building a lineup. Probably not going to yeah. play it. But I will yeah. say, the Millionaire Maker has a game stack bonus this week of 25000 If you draft the four highest-scoring offensive DFS players from the highest-scoring game on Sunday, you win a share of twenty five k. So obviously, people are Interesting. are going to be looking for that yeah. as well this week. It'll probably be split between <clears throat> like yeah twenty five hundred people. Everyone's going to get a dollar. But yeah, so uh, yeah, so since I got the first pick, I'll do the honors of taking the big dog at eighty seven hundred on the road against okay. Kansas City. Just can't fade him. Don't don't need don't need more analysis than that. We can't fade the big dog. No, you you plug the big dog in. Absolutely, hundred um, percent. You know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't fade him under any circumstances. And then I think I'm going to uh, come over here and plug in another running back. And uh, I'd like to throw Raheem Mostert into this lineup. Get us some value. Give us some flexibility in terms of spending. And, uh, you know, get off the uh, recency bias uh-huh. of Tevin Coleman. I like that pick. I like that. So I'm just going to plug in the Niners because I think that's where we're both on. Um, yep. So plug yeah, in the Niners. Correlates well with Mostert. Yeah, plug in the Niners with Mostert. So that's just both of us. So I'll pick a player. Uh, you know, large field tournament. I want the, the highest ceilings possible. So let's go with Patty Mahomes at 7,700. Let's get the quarterback out of the way. Okay, okay. I respect it. And then, you know, in terms of, you know, we're attacking this, we're trying to win, I'm going to go with a player who I think is going to be super low-owned. We talked about it, and that's uh, Miko Hardman. 3,800, you know, uh, doesn't really limit us in terms of spending, gives us a little extra money to get up to some of these studs, and uh, should come in at pretty low ownership there. So, you know, plug in Miko, our first wide receiver at 3,800. I like it, I like it. So for my next pick, I mean I'm debating a wide receiver or a tight end right now. Um mm-hmm. thinking about playing another Chiefs pass catcher. We have five point six five uh K left per remaining player, so we got because we got the defense out of the way. Twenty two thousand left for for four spots, so we gotta be conscious of the salary. So I think I'm going to just go with a a solid uh one off play and plug in uh Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I like that for sure. Gives us uh exposure to the best, you know, player in that 49ers Packers game, highest ceiling I think in that game. I like it. Uh not not too worried about, you know, playing a receiver against our defense um you know yeah it's gonna happen pretty much no matter what uh no matter which direction you go unless you're full fading a team yeah which is viable but even still yeah Adam. well i wasn't really on adams but i think he'll i think he'll come in at lower ownership than tyreek and you know aj brown and he is expensive 7.9k second second most expensive player on the slate but i kind of i kind of like him in this lineup so might be a not a very uh, EV pick, but you know, screw it. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And then I think, uh, see now, now we're getting in a tough position, right? But um, we got forty nine hundred left per play, so we could either go above or beyond. Uh, I think that I'm going to 
you know, run even with that. 4900 and uh, plug-and-play Emmanuel Sanders for that price. Uh, and that will give us a wide receiver core of Hardman, Adams, and Sanders. And, you know, I think this is a pretty, uh, you know, this will be a low on lineup, you know, if it's out there. <laughs> for good reason. Yeah. This is shaky. Yeah, so looking at tight ends right now, 4900 left. might have too many players from the 49ers game. <laughs> yeah, just a little, just a little bit. Um but I think we could run it back with a Titans pass catcher. And we could plug mm-hmm. in Jonu Smith at 3,400. That'll give us 6,400 left for a flex. Uh, not sure if we, if we want to go that route. Or I could provide you ultimate value. And, you know, I could let you pick the tight end. And we could plug in uh, we could plug in Humphreys. No, I like Jonu there. Jonu, I think, is a good play. Um, All right. Yeah. And there's that, that's pretty much it. You know, we got one one uh, one spot left in the flex with uh, exactly Six. 6,400. And you know that gives you some flexibility. I think you could you know come down off Emmanuel Sanders to get yourself enough value to get up to Damian or to Tyreek. You know you could get down to Titans defense if you'd like, and that lets you fit in uh-huh. uh, any player left on the board. You could play Tyreek, you could play Kelsey in the flex there, have a two tight end approach. Um, but, you know, that's really, I think, uh, the core, right? Yeah. That's the core. It gives you flexibility. It gives you, you know, the way that you're going to want to build these lineups is to play these guys like, you know, Hardman and Janu or, you know, Hardman and, and uh, you know, Sanders and just give yourself a position to have a different lineup. I so, will say, if you come off or if we come off Devontae Adams, we could fit Tyreek and Kelsey in and just have a full-on Mahomes you know, passing barrage. That is true. So that that would give us what zero dollars left. Mahomes, Henry, Mostert, Hardman, Tyreek Hill, Emmanuel Sanders, John o. Smith, Kelsey, 49ers defense. Whew. I'm hitting the save lineup <laughs> button on that. Save that. I'm gonna look at that in a little while. Um and yeah, you know, look, uh, that that's just free. That's free for the people out there. You know, we're not selling this lineup. You know, don't report us. But if you win with it, you know, you can send us a tip or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, facts. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that is going to be it for us for another episode of the DFS Dose podcast. We are undecided as to whether or not we will be back to do a showdown Super Bowl slate. Look. You know, tweet us if you want one, and uh, you know we'd be happy to oblige. I think we could definitely fit it in there. Um, you know, hopefully we'll have another opportunity to talk about the big dog next. Uh, you know, in terms of the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, uh, great, great wrap. I think to the season. Hopefully, uh, we'll be back. Maybe we'll even be back for XFL. Exciting time. Uh, that, that's that's going to be interesting. It's looking like. It's looking like we're gonna be putting out some XFL content for free. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to do that because uh, for you know, free, I think there's not gonna be behind, a pretty big edge. Not here. behind the paywall. No, 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 no. And no you, we're for the people. And you know, we put in our research. So. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're we're here putting in 50 minutes on a two game slate. You know, we're we're ready to dig into this XFL content as well. Uh, gonna be an exciting time. For the DFS dose and for the people out there who are going to be uh, banking XFL contests uh, off of the advice. So, um, yeah, that, that's what we've got for this week. Make sure 
You follow us on Twitter. You subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, all that good stuff. Uh, follow our personal Twitters as well. I'm at Ben Hover, B-E-N-H-A-U-V-E-R. <coughs> Tell them where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at Joey Carrion underscore. Yep, and our long-lost brother, Jared Marcus, is at Jared underscore underscore <laughs> Marcus. Hope you're doing uh, well out there, buddy. We'll uh, hopefully see, have you back on the podcast soon. Um, and, yeah, that is it. Let's sail to the money. Let's have a big week. Let's pray that Joey can bank this if millie, I bank the millie uh, in, in a 20th attempt. <laughs> if I bank the millie, I'm taking, uh, you know, like a two-week vacation. Screw it. That's right. As long as we're back for XFL Open. February February <laughs> eighth. Right. Book it. February eighth. Good stuff. Uh all right. We will see you uh pretty soon.